In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. My name is Naja Parker, and welcome to HBCU Journeys, a special edition podcast series brought to you by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In this 10-part series, our team of reporters, Rosalind Bentley, Eric Sturgis, and Ernie Suggs, dig into the heart of what makes an HBCU experience so unique through candid experiences and interviews with people who enjoyed them the most. In this episode, we chat with Donald Mason, a friend to Ernie Suggs. Dorm life is really, really important when you're thinking about HBCUs, and having someone to share their experience with you will help shape your overall experience. Ernie, talk to us about your brother, your friend. Well, first of all, let me ask you this question. Did you live on campus? I lived on campus all four years. How was it for you? It was incredible. In fact, my first year experience, I had four roommates, and we all lived in the same room, and thank the Lord that we're all still friends today. <laughs> well, Donald was not my roommate, but he, uh, he and I lived on the same floor our freshman year. And we became frat brothers uh, soon after that. So he's been a friend of mine since we were 18 years old. But what I wanted to do in this episode, basically, was kind of look at dorm life and look at what that experience was like. And look at also um, the first time that many of us are on our own. It's our first taste of independence, our first taste of freedom. And, you know, we have to learn a lot of stuff when our first first semester or so in college. So I wanted to kind of look at that and I kind of look at it through Donnie's eyes and our dormitory that we lived in, Chitley Hall, which is a famous dormitory on campus. Uh, so I think it's a pretty interesting story, although I'm in it. <laughs> I think it's probably really good. And I don't think we shouted out your university, so go ahead and give them a shout out. Oh my God, I can't believe you didn't mention that. I went to <laughs> North Carolina Central University located in Durham, North Carolina, founded in 1910 by James E. Shepard. I can tell you a lot more about it. Well, we're going to stop there before you give us the whole history, and instead, we're going to dive into this podcast. My name is Dr. Donald Lee Mason, Jr. I am the class of 1989 from North Carolina Central University. All right. Well, uh, welcome, Dr. <laughs> welcome, Dr. Donald Mason. It's funny that you say that, that you say Dr. Donald Mason, because I, I knew you when we were like 18 years old when you were just Donnie. Right. So, exactly. Um, yeah. For the listeners who are listening to this, um, this is a special guest because this is Donald Mason. Uh, I've known him since we were what, 18 years old. Absolutely. And uh, he's my line brother. Yes. Uh, he was number seven. I was number nine on the great Gamma Beta line of Alpha Phi Alpha in 1989, North Carolina Central University. Yes, so welcome, sir. Brother. Thank you. Right. Thanks for having me. All right. So I wanted to bring you in today because I wanted to, um, the reason for this series, you know, we just want to talk about little different things mm-hmm. that kind of go on at a college life that makes a college, um, someone's college life unique. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to you about living on campus. Mm-hmm. And you and I lived and a notorious, some some would say notorious. <laughs> Chidley Hall. Chidley Hall. Yes. Which, um, and I don't have the numbers before me, but pretty much every man who went to North Carolina Central University from, I guess, 1915 to about 2000 
lived in Chili Hall. Yeah, with the exception of those folks that stayed in Rush. <laughs> and Rush Hall if was he the, was smart, yeah, you know. Rush Hall was the honors door. Right. Everybody so, wanted to get yeah. there. <laughs> you couldn't get in the Rush. No, yeah. you didn't, I didn't have the GPA. Yeah, yeah. But it was unique because, you know, when we were in school, we only had one male dorm. Yeah, one. This huge mm-hmm. castle on the hill. Mm-hmm. It had like seven female dorms. Yes. And one dorm where all the men lived in Chili Hall. Right. Yeah. So, okay, we're going to get back to Chili Hall for a second. But tell us how you got to North Carolina Central University because you went to high school here in Atlanta. Yes, I went to Lakeshore High School. Shout out to all my classmates of 1985 in College Park. Um, I went to North Carolina Central because it was – pretty much a rite of passage in my family. My dad and all of his brothers went to school there. Of course, you remember I had an uncle to teach uh, philosophy there. So I knew from an early age um, that I was going to go to North Carolina Central University. It was okay. no other school that existed. Okay. But you always talk about UNC Carolina. Is that just basketball? Well, that's just because I'm from Chapel Hill originally. <laughs> it yeah. is just basketball. Right. <laughs> the, the reigning national champions. <laughs> we have more than that uh, – more national titles in that school in Durham that I won't mention that All you right. like so much. We're only talking about black colleges. Obviously. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So your dad went to Central. Yeah. Uh, your uncle, uh, Dr. Mason, taught at Central. Yep. He was one of my professors. Mm-hmm. Um, so you knew about Central. Oh, um, yeah. You always knew about Central. Absolutely. Kind of coming in. Yeah. Um, my dad, you know, like I said, all of the, my dad and uncles went to school there. I would had I had Central shirts when I was small. Uh-huh. Um, I had spiral notebooks with North Carolina Central on it. I would uh-huh. take those to school. Um, I remember going to the um, – he would take me to some of the games. Okay. I remember my mom and my dad going to Greensboro um, in uh, a Volkswagen Beetle. Oh, wow. Um, Y'all had a Volkswagen to, Beetle? Yeah. They were going <laughs> to the A&T game. Uh-huh. So we're really doing exactly what they did. You know, before us, yeah. um, I'll never forget the time I was my dad and my mom were about to leave. And this is a funny story. Okay. And I was outside playing basketball because if you're from Chapel Hill, that's all you oh, do. That's all you do is play basketball. And in North Carolina. People uh, don't understand here in Georgia how basketball is so big in North Carolina. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. It's yeah, huge. It's amazing. Football yeah. is just something to do <laughs> until. <laughs> yeah. It's a basketball. Season. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was, I was extremely tired. And, um, my dad had a, a cup, just like yours, uh-huh. um, out um, on the court. And it looked like Coke to me, but it was mixed with something. And so <laughs> that was my first experience with an adult beverage, okay. and I was not expecting that at all. Okay, uh-huh. But I remember that just like it was yesterday. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, they were uh-huh. going to see North Carolina Central play North Carolina a In Greensboro. In Greensboro. Okay. You uh, you didn't ride down to Greensboro with me last week. We played uh, A&T in football. Right. And unfortunately, we lost. Right. Yeah, so that's another story. Right. But uh, <laughs> so you graduated from high school in 1985, mm-hmm. the same year I did. So we're, mm-hmm. you and I were freshmen together. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about your first – now, we lived in Chili Hall. Yep. Tell me about your first experience there or your first thought when you walked in there and saw Chili Hall. Is this it? <laughs> 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 that was my first thought. Like uh-huh. I, I thought that it was going to be a little bit more modern, uh-huh. Uh-huh. but that was not the case, clearly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but I was excited to live there. I was excited to be a part of this this new community of men. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it helped to really shape me. Mm-hmm. It, it taught me a lot of patience and tolerance because – you know, everybody is brought up a certain kind of way. Uh-huh. You know, they do things a certain kind of way in their houses. And 
you know, you had roommates that you had no idea who they were. Uh-huh. I, but I think you knew yours because yeah. CB was yours. Yeah. Okay. Cedric so, Bullock was my roommate. So, so we went to high school together. So, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have that. Okay. You know, not I don't. There were not too many <laughs> folks from Atlanta and North Carolina Central. So uh-huh. I didn't know who my roommate would be. Uh-huh. Um, and clearly, he had a you know a different set of standards than I did as uh-huh. far as cleanliness and you know just. Just overall upkeep of the room, uh-huh. and so we had some battles. So that's like kind of that first step to becoming independent in adulthood. Correct. Moving on campus and then getting a roommate. Right. I was lucky because I my my best friend from high school was my roommate, so I knew him since we were twelve years old. So I was lucky. So you had a stranger. Yes. And you got to adjust to that because. Ye- Yes. You don't have any brothers, so you had your own room, I assume, growing up. Yes, so I did. So now you have a roommate. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that was an adjustment? Huge adjustment. Okay. You know, just um, just getting trying to get to know who this person is, and um, it, it's just different. Uh-huh. But, it, but it, you know, over time you develop a relationship, uh-huh. um, and you, you develop patience, and you just – you you that was truly a time where I I understood that everybody wasn't like me. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you just that 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 just really opened my eyes to, you know, that people live very differently. Uh-huh. Was that, that a hard uh, lesson to learn? At or? first, it was, uh-huh. but then because I know you got a kind of attitude, so yeah. sometimes, <laughs> sometimes sometimes you can be a bit. I think I'm getting better though. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. you know, I just wanted things a certain way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um. You know, when I realized that everybody didn't have the same values that I did, uh-huh. um, it it took me a minute, but it, it became okay. Uh-huh. I mean, you know, you just you, you just you just had to learn to live with it. Uh-huh. You know? But one thing about, as I said before, is that um, when we were at Central, and this changed a lot, uh, a was, whole lot. I yeah. didn't even know. I'm sorry, but I didn't even. <laughs> I went there one day to visit my nephew, and uh-huh. the parking lot was gone. Yeah, I had to ask somebody, "Where do you park?" Uh-huh. And they say, "You park." Where Latham, yeah, Latham and I'm Hall, like, yeah. and Latham Hall was another big dorm for women, right? But where, but the parking lot is where we hung out, yeah, yeah you know. Yeah. So it's different. Um, but go ahead, yeah. It was it was a shock to see how much it has changed. Yeah, yeah. But what I was going to say is that when we were there in the 1980s, uh, the rules were still around, like from the 1960s, right? 1950s, totally. So it was like one dorm for men. Mm-hmm. We couldn't bring women into our rooms, right? We had to be paged, right? If a girl came to see us, and the same thing if we went to a girls' dorm, so we right. couldn't go to a room, right? So. And I know it wasn't the case for me because I didn't have a lot of girls coming to see me or anything. But, <laughs> but just what was it like just living under these kind of rules? You're in college, you're free, but you know you have these dorm rules. And you can't have a girl in your room. Well, I I found that to be quite strange, to be totally honest. You know, we're at co- we're in college, um, and when I w- my expectation was that I would be able to you know, have female company if I wanted it. Mm-hmm. That was the case at other schools. I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, I, like I said, I grew up in Chapel Hill. I had developed older friends when I was on the campus, and, you know, I, I saw that. At UNC? It, you mean UNC? Yeah, yeah. UNC. Uh-huh. And um, so to me, that was normal, but the experience in that, with that, in re- that respect at Central was abnormal. Yeah. And as I said, I would have had any girls in my room anyway because – uh, you know, <laughs> right. You're saying that only because this is public knowledge. <laughs> I wasn't rolling like that. I wasn't as popular as you. Um, but okay, let's talk about. Um, so we live in the Chili Hall. We're living in this all male dorm. 
and we're kind of really kind of adjust to us. You know, we're still talking about freshman year, mm-hmm. and we're still trying to adjust our independence, adjust to going, getting up and going to class. And one of the issues that we had was the cafeteria. Oh yeah, and uh, we had to walk down the hill to go to the cafeteria. But the cafeteria was little. No, we had to walk up, up the, the hill. hill. Yeah, that is uh, the hill. <laughs> As a matter of fact, when yeah. I went to homecoming, I was like, this hill is still undefeated. <laughs> yeah, it's still undefeated. Yeah. yeah, it's never it's never going anywhere. No. But the cafeteria is basically only open six hours a day. Right. From, I guess, 6 to 8 in the a.m. <laughs> yes. From 12 to 2. And in from the afternoon. 4 to 6 right. at night. So basically, right. you had these three windows to go eat. Right. Particularly, the, I think the crucial part was the dinner. Right. Dinner is over at 6 o'clock. So right. So we're starving to death. Right. So how did you kind of adjust from being able to go into your mom's refrigerator and eat whenever you wanted to or get food whenever you wanted to to having to Six o'clock is it. If you didn't if you didn't get to the cafeteria at six o'clock, you're on your own for dinner. And a lot of us didn't have any money. Cars or, or transportation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so that was extremely hard because um it seemed like when you're a college student, uh-huh. you're always hungry always. and broke. And broke. Yeah. And so that was very difficult to 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 adjust to. Um because sometimes, as you know, they would wouldn't have Things that we wanted to eat, never. But you, you, you had no choice because that was the only choice. Yeah, yeah. And so that was difficult adjusting to as well. But you know, you found ways to do it. You, yeah. you, you would walk down to churches, or you would go <laughs> if to you, if you felt so brave, right, <laughs> right. Or, or you would go over to the the student union because I think they had like a little little yeah. yeah. That probably stayed open until about eight o'clock, but you needed money. Yeah, you had to have money. Had to have money. You, they, yeah. they didn't accept the meal card, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, you just had to adjust. I yeah, mean, yeah. you know, um, when we would go come back from that, maybe that that two o'clock class, you wanted to catch some Z's. Yeah, yeah. you set your alarm to five thirty. <laughs> yeah. You know, so that you could you know get up and make sure that you. Um, got to the cafeteria before six o'clock, yeah. but you had to prepare to deal with whatever leftovers they had, yeah, yeah, because it wasn't always the best, and oftentimes it they, they improvised, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, it was that was hard, yeah, yeah, that was hard. But but the calf was the place to be, yeah, yeah. I mean, we, they would have a DJ in the cafeteria. Oh yeah. Oh Kids yeah. Kids from the neighborhood would oh, ride yeah. their bikes through the cafeteria. Oh yeah. On dares. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, you and I are in a, in a fraternity, right? In alphas. Right. We had our own table. Right. Everybody had their own tables. Right. Every, right. Every year there'd be a food fight. Absolutely. So it was, the cafeteria was the place to be every day. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you would you just couldn't miss that. <laughs> yeah, so you wanted to be in there. Yeah, those two hours. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless of what the food was. Right. So okay, so. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluesteak, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. One of the things I was telling my editor about was the fact that, you know, it, although even if we made it to the cafeteria at 6 o'clock, we're still hungry at 8 o'clock. Absolutely. 9 o'clock, yep. 10 o'clock. So there was a guy, and I don't even remember his name. I don't even know who he is if he walked through this door right now. But there was a guy. It was two of them. The, okay, the yeah. chicken guy. Yeah. So tell, tell, tell the audience about the chicken guy. Wow. Um, that, you know, a, a, as you said, that um, at night, you know, after studying uh, for, for hours, uh-huh. 
you, you developed an, this yeah. is in Chili Hall. You developed uh-huh. an appetite, and uh-huh. so um, if you did, if you were hungry, you either had to catch a ride, or you had to find some way to go get some food. Well, later on, um, during our freshman year, uh, I heard these guys talking about the chicken man comes through at night. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, who is he? And it's funny you say that because nobody knew his name. Yeah. <laughs> nobody even knew if he was a student there. Yeah, yeah. So I said, well, you know, when does he come? Uh-huh. He comes late at night. He comes around 10, 30, 11 o'clock. I said, perfect. Uh-huh. I said, so how do I get in contact with this guy? <laughs> He said, all you got to do is just listen for this um, <laughs> this this sound on the hall. Chicken man on the hall. Uh-huh. Chicken man on the hall. Uh-huh. And so the next night, I, I like, just was anticipating this guy coming. Uh-huh. So I step out of my room, and I see him, and there's two guys way at the other end of the hallway with a huge black garbage bag. Garbage bag. Yes. <laughs> With full of chicken. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say this, but, uh-huh. you know, I, I don't know where that chicken is. He could have uh-huh. probably picked that chicken up off the ground, but he was yeah. selling wings for 50 cents. Yeah. Um, and I remember it distinctly. Legs were legs and thighs were uh, a dollar. Uh-huh. And then the breast was two because uh-huh. it was bigger. Yeah. Biscuits, he said. Yeah, biscuits, yes, he yeah. did. Uh-huh. He did. They were uh-huh. stale, but they yeah. were good. Uh-huh. And um, he would just dig his hand in the bag and give you a piece of chicken <laughs> and a biscuit and you give him the money. Yeah. And I, I can honestly say that I've had several wings, legs and thighs and biscuits uh-huh. from the chicken man. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, how does a society like that develop? I mean, <laughs> we're in college. <laughs> And we have a guy who's walking around our dormitory. We don't even know his name, with a bag, a trash bag full of fried chicken. Right. Well, it's survival of the fittest. I mean, uh-huh. when you're hungry, you know you 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 you're gonna eat. Yeah. yeah. And that's just that was just the boat that we were in. Yeah, yeah. But you know, when you look back on that and you tell those stories, and it's. It's just amazing because there's no way I'd do that now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No way. But well, we had to survive. You had to. Yeah. You had to. Yeah. And it was convenient and it was cheap. Yeah. And you just trusted that this guy just didn't get this out the trash can yeah. or off the ground. Yeah, yeah. And that, I don't even know if that really would have mattered. It, <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. Because we didn't know where he got it from. Right, you know? but it was actually really pretty darn yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I think that, you know, that is part of, uh, that's part of the black college experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, survival. Right. And uh, and, I, and I've talked to a lot of black people, I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people for this series. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you go to a black college, you have to learn how to adapt. You right. You have to learn differently than our counterparts who are at different schools. Sure. In terms of dealing with financial aid. Right. Dealing with the registration. Right. Right. You know, you had the story about, you know, your your fight with the bursar or yeah. the registrar, mm-hmm. you know, I mm-hmm. remember that. And just dealing with life and mm-hmm. just um especially when we were there, just kind of dealing with some of these obstacles mm-hmm. that other people who attend other schools did mm-hmm. not have to deal with. Mm-hmm. And talk about a little bit about just that whole survival mode and just what we had to learn about ourselves. Well, you had to make a way out of no way. Uh-huh. And you're right. We had a lot of obstacles. We didn't have as many resources as our counterparts had. But I think that made us stronger. Um, 
that 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 made us um fit for the real world rejection um disappointment um and all those other negative things that go along with finding yourself in the marketplace um because when when I went out and I got rejected for a job it it it, it didn't kill me uh-huh. you know it didn't it it didn't impact me either, any way what it did was it made me stronger it made me say okay well I didn't get this one yeah yeah but I'm going to try again I'm going to keep trying until I get it yeah. and I and I think that 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 all those experiences that we had at North Carolina Central Chidley Hall um just all the entire experience just prepared us for everything that that we were going to experience it just set us up to be successful yeah yeah and as i mentioned chili hall you know was the only male dormitory mm-hmm. and the only male the only place that 99 percent of all men lived in lived in chili hall mm-hmm. went to central for mm-hmm. you know 75 years mm-hmm. um so i mean i think you know for at least for me it's kind of a point of pride chili hall um you know is as difficult as it could have been sometime living there mm-hmm. You know, with the shower situation. Oh man, the communal I baths. <laughs> I hated communal baths. <laughs> <laughs> I hated the communal showers, man. Yeah, and um, you know that, and the you know they would have that big giant trash can at the end of the hall. Yeah, that was always stinking on oh, the weekend. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Cox and yes. Mr. Allen, you yeah. know, the and, cats that had the attitude. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just, you you know, go to get like hall. some sheets, and <laughs> it's like you know. You got to, like, have some sort of secret password. Yeah. Dude, well, I paid for this, you know? Remember we had, to, we had to go get our own toilet tissue. Yeah. We had to go get sheets, you know. Well, yeah. Change our sheets yeah. That's fine. Yeah. We had to get our own toilet tissue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the communal showers. Mm-hmm. The football hall. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, so, but, but, you know, it was a great place. I mm-hmm. lived on campus four years. Mm-hmm. Um, for our listeners, Chili Hall was divided into two buildings. An annex, right. which was built, I guess, in the 1960s. <laughs> Excuse me, like, which everybody there. wanted to stay in. Yeah. No, everybody wanted to stay in Maine. But I'm sorry, exactly. Yeah, everybody wanted to stay in Maine, right. which was built, you know, which right. is, uh, you know, built in the 40s, 30s or 40s. Right, uh, right. Which is a better building. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was just the fact that I stayed at Chili Hall, where I know that every man who attended North Carolina Central University mm-hmm. attended mm-hmm. or stayed, mm-hmm. it's kind of a special feeling. For me, true. You know, it's, it's a it's true. It's a, now, your kids, you have a daughter who's at Kennesaw State. I do. You have a son who started at Morehouse, right? And now is at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Um, their experiences are way different than ours. I imagine. Right. Yeah. Totally different. So, uh, yeah. How 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 do they complain about college life? And you just tell them, hey, you know, I went well, to a different. I was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't yeah, know. Yeah. You don't know suffering. Right. Yeah. You know, like when we took Trey to Morehouse, uh-huh. um, he would complain about. The living conditions, I'm like man, you got cable, and you got an internet. Yeah, I mean we. Oh, well, phone. He has a phone. Yeah, yeah. Well, phone. oh, they. You know, yeah. everybody got a cell oh, phone, yeah. but we didn't. Even, <laughs> I mean, like we had to our listeners, we had pay phones on every hallway. One phone. One phone that was always in use. I don't care if you were go out at two o'clock in the morning. Somebody is on the phone. Yeah. And do you remember uh, <laughs> the phone would ring? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then somebody would say, "Hey, four three, you got a phone yeah. call." Yeah. And then we were we were run outside, you know, to answer that phone because yeah. that was the only way that we could communicate with home. 
with home, yeah. with relatives, yeah. with, with, with females. Yeah. You know, after after the visitation hours or whatever it was called, you know. So I had no idea anything about the visitation hours. I, I, I did. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. Sitting in the lobby. Uh, well, see, so you married Miss North Carolina Central University. I did. For all of our listeners. I did. Donnie Mason married Miss North Carolina Central University in 1990. I did, I did. yeah. Teresa Walker. Mason, right. Who I, oh, I forgot the Mason part. Teresa Walker's a name. <laughs> who yeah. I went to high school with, or yeah. I grew up with. Right. Um, and I actually knew her first. You did. I believe. Okay. You did. Um, so, yeah, so, so, so your kids... Or in well, a different world. Right, yeah. So, you know, um, Trey, he complained about, you know, just the living conditions. And I was, you know, I compared it to Chidley Hall. And it was, you know, like light years uh-huh. ahead of of what we had. Um, in terms of space, it was about the same. Uh-huh. But in terms of the amenities that amenities, it had, yeah, yeah. it was, it was, yeah. it was, I, I liked it. Yeah, you yeah. know, and then my daughter, who's at Kennesaw State, she complains about the Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> the Wi-Fi is not fast enough, right? Okay. Exactly. Okay. So, you know, just it's it's two ends of the spectrum, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, she's complaining about slow Wi-Fi. Yeah. We you complain about a communal bath. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I mean, uh, for our listeners and for all of our North Carolina Central University uh, classmates who are listening, we want to remind people that Central has changed. Mm-hmm. We went to school there years and years ago. Now there's a new Chidley Hall, which is co-ed and right. has visitation. And there's right. probably about four or five new dormitories that have been built on campus. And all it, the dorms are now co-ed. Right. And, and you know, Chidley has like... Um, they got their own bathrooms inside the they room. They have their own bathrooms, right? which is very important. And then they also have um, like computer labs, computer labs, you know? in the, and 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 little cantinas in there for yeah. food. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, remember, we had we couldn't have microwaves in our room. Yeah, was, I'm gonna tell you a funny story about okay. the microwave situation. So okay. again, I'm extremely hungry. Okay. Now I had never used a microwave before. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And so you know the microwave in Chitley Hall. I I remember you know seeing it. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> I'll never forget, it was this this, this guy, our frat brother, uh-huh. Charles Mitchell. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. He had a can of chunky can, chunky soup. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you know, I opened it, uh-huh. and I put the entire can in there. Oh, uh, in the microwave. And it started sparking. Uh-huh. And I'm like, what's wrong with this? Uh-huh. And then it was like, started smoking. Uh-huh. And Mr. Allen was so mad at uh-huh. me. Mr. Allen was our dorm father. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. And so he he was extremely upset at me uh-huh. and called me all sorts of names <laughs> because I didn't know how to use a microwave, and I think I damaged it. Uh-huh. Um, that's that's just one of many stories yeah, that I yeah. can that I can <laughs> tell you about Chidley Hall. <laughs> I mean, we could be on this podcast all day talking about Chidley Hall. Right, There's so many crazy things, so right. many crazy incidents, right, fights, right. You know, the whole the story about the. Um, there was one toilet that didn't have a wall. Oh yeah, yeah, and the, yeah. Yeah, it was. We can't tell that story <laughs> right. on a podcast, right? But but I think, like you said, I think it made us stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, it it kind of bonded us all together. We, you know, you walk around homecoming now and you see people who went to school with us with Chidley Hall T shirts, right? Because right. it was a special place. Mm-hmm. It was a special place mm-hmm. uh, that we all kind of grew up and became men at. Right, and learned a lot of stuff. Right. And, um, Right, um, you know, and and that's where I made friends for life. You know, yeah, yeah. I met you, yeah. I met Claude. You know, um, Andre and Charles from Raleigh. Yeah, yeah. Um, just 
so many people from from Green Juan Guthrie and and, <laughs> and my man Marcus Holmes from uh, Greensboro. Mazel. Yeah, yeah. It's Claude just May. Well, yeah, Claude May, yeah, but you know, just it's just so many people that 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 you that you came in contact with, uh-huh. and you, I mean, they just friends for life. They just like brothers. Yeah, and. Um, you know, even the folks that you weren't as close to, you still have a connection with them because yeah. they lived in Chitley Hall. They lived in Chitley Hall. Every man who went to school with us lived in Chitley Hall. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was I'm, a great place. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I love the memories. I love the experience there. So I really appreciate you coming in. Hey, thank hey, you for tell having us, me. Um, um, last thing, tell mm-hmm. us how your North Carolina Central University experience has influenced your life now. Your wife went to Central. Yes. Uh, your kids did not go, but your no. wife went, your dad went. Uh, just tell us how Central has shaped your life, and what are you doing now? Well, as I stated, well, I don't know if I stated before, I'm a principal of a middle school, downtown uh, Atlanta, Wesley International Academy. Um, and it, North Carolina Central just shaped me in in um in several ways, but particularly um, it shaped me in terms of it, it allowed me to grow up. Okay. It allowed me to become a man. It allowed me to um, the, exp- the, the experience of interacting with people, students, adults um, in, in a social setting, but also dealing with professors and uh, instructors on a professional level. It, they really taught me what it was like to be a professional. Um, and they equipped me with the skills um, to that I utilize to this day. Um, and, you know, North Carolina Central is in my heart. I got my doctorate from the University of Alabama. Um, but there's nothing like North Carolina Central University. I'm still trying to figure out how you married Mr. North Carolina Central University. I got lucky. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> I got lucky because yeah. we're totally two totally different people. Uh-huh. You know, like you say, you know, I'm just I, I used to be this gruff guy, <laughs> you know, that that always <laughs> Claude says all the time that, that, that the females say, you know, why you always look like you got an attitude. That's and, what they said about you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's so meek and mild and soft spoken uh-huh. and. I don't know, man. I just got lucky. And she's a brilliant lawyer. Yeah, so. she is. She's very, very smart. Yeah, so you lucked out. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> Big time. Well, well, that was one of the things that shaped me the most. <laughs> yeah, meeting yeah. and marrying her. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, good, man. Well, I'm glad you came. I know you Thank you for having me. Here today, so I appreciate you coming out. Hey, this is an honor. Yeah. You know, anytime I can talk about my HBCU, I will. Now, you, uh, last thing, I keep saying last thing, but you have one more daughter. I do. Uh, who's in high school? She's in high school. Yes, she's she is. thinking about an HBCU. Spelman. Spelman. She wants to go to Spelman so bad, uh-huh. but I just don't know if we have the Spelman money. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a matter of fact, it's funny. Uh, the guy I work with, who's the executive director of our school, uh-huh. his mom is head of the counseling department at Spelman. Okay. So on Wednesday we went over there to have lunch. Okay. And I saw, I met his mom. Dr. Marshall, uh-huh. and I saw Deja's godmother, who's the dean of the English department at Spelman. Okay, okay. And so I had an opportunity to go over there for the very first time. Okay. And it's it's a really nice campus. I went to the bookstore. I got her a hoodie and a shirt. Uh-huh. Um, I don't want to kill her dream by not going because uh-huh. that's where she wants to go. Yeah, yeah. That's her first choice. Yeah. So I, you know, I'm encouraging her to apply 
Um, I know she'll get in. Um, she's very, um, very smart, like uh-huh. her mom. She didn't get that from me. Uh-huh. And hopefully she can get some scholarships so that she can attend yeah. because it'll be a different experience for her. It'll be the first time that she would, one, be at an all-female school yeah. Yeah. and, two, be in a school with all black students. Yeah, yeah. So, and the second reason is why she wants to go because yeah. she's never had that experience never before. Mm-hmm. Well, good luck. Thank you. I know she's very smart. Yes. Very woke. Yes. Yeah. As she says. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming, man. I appreciate hey, it. I appreciate you having me. I'm Dr. Donnelly Mason Jr., and this is my HBCU journey. In our next episode, we chat with Spelmanite Tiffany Green and how her photo helped inspire this entire series. And to read more about HBCU graduates and the whole series, log on to myajc.com for a full array of stories, videos, charts, and photos about the history and fate of America's black colleges. I'm Nadja Parker. I'll catch you on the next episode. And thank you for listening to HBCU Journeys. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, The Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.